All right, everybody, welcome back to tonight's Faction Play Roundtable. We've got uh, Russ Bullock, president of PGI here, as well as Nima and Derek, developers of MechWarrior Online. And uh, as you, for those of you that have been here, we're obviously, uh, this is all about Faction Play and mu moving forward to the future of Faction Play and working together to build that idea. Um, like I mentioned before, tonight's panelists have been selected over the last week. And while representing many different viewpoints, we are aware that not everyone will feel like their concerns or ideas are presented in this initial meeting. Uh, they will be addressed in future meetings where we will have more planning time and we will be collecting additional feedback via other channels that will allow everyone to participate. Additionally, we are planning an open mic at the end of this uh, tonight's uh, broadcast. So be ready if you have something that wasn't represented, wasn't presented, something that's truly unique. We'll pull some people forward for that. Um, we're going to just jump right back in. Russ, you're back here. You ready to go? Yeah, ready to go. All right. Uh, we're, we're still on the topic of queues, buckets, alliances, etc. Uh, Russ, do you want to say anything before we let the first panelist speak again? Sure. I mean, as you've been saying to the crowd listening, thanks for coming. And the reason we need to focus on this is everything else, there's so many great ideas out there to make it better. But all those are kind of moot unless we can consolidate the buckets once we consolidate the buckets or we feel like hey that's we've got it like that's really gonna sing along nicely now uh, then we can spend all of our time and energy on all those other improvements so that's why it's great to get it out of the way um, I guess the other thing I'd say is and um, now the first idea of the dual bucket system I'm excited and and the when I came in here honestly I I thought the end result is, and maybe it still is, because we're not there yet, but I thought the end result, like, guys, we're going, like, Clan IS. Like, because I told you guys I didn't want more minor improvements. We had to get the rest of the way there. We're not going to, I'm not going to approve, like, one, two, three, four months development time, whatever it is, hopefully less than that, you know, smaller amounts, unless we're really confident that we're really going to, you know, get to a good point this time and that's something that really works. And so... Um, that I thought it would be a little more extreme. Now I'm starting to get hopeful. The 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 dual um, the double Q thing is is there's some real positive aspects of it, and most of the time it should reduce the buckets maybe down to around an average of seven-ish on most times, as we said. It's a good start, but it's not enough. The alliance thing, the reason I want to spend a little more time on it is that's a potentially a game changer. I mean that one can really divide things by two again. So. I mean, we could get down and things, if I'm thinking about it correctly right now, we could get down to three and four buckets. And that, I think, is potentially the sweet spot. It's close, because right now, oftentimes, we'll have three or four contested, and it doesn't always work. So I'm not sure if we're all the way there yet, but the alliances would really help. So I think we would, I'd like to get the thoughts on the panel, whoever's going to talk about it, on if we need to, if we could come up with a situation where, um, you always had to have an ally. Um, I'm not sure if it's you always need to have one ally in order to successfully do attack lanes or some rule such as that, or if there's just, I mean, you could go as simple as like go with Laura and say, hey, American Lau are always allied. I mean, that's just a really easy way of reducing the buckets. I'd like player politics to come into it more than that, but if we could come up with a system where it's like, obviously with the four clans, it's kind of like, you trade partners. Everyone just kind of trades partners once in a while. But if we could make it so everyone else has to have at least one ally, then I think we we do a significant reduction in the buckets, and you know maybe even maybe even enough. 
All right, and I'm going to remind everyone because there's very much, you know, a cues versus fun debate going on. Some people saying the cues are all that matters. Some people are saying the fun is all that matters. But what I'm going to put forward is that it's both. Both are equally important. Um, but the way we are approaching it is dealing with the cues first tonight. Again, ongoing, you know, work. It's not uh, one or the other, and it's not just this one meeting and this one time to get your voice across. It is ongoing. But the next voice is going to be Jaeger. Jaeger, are you ready to uh, step up to the mic? Sure, let's do this. Let's do this. Jaeger, go for it. I'm Jaeger. You know who I am. Okay. Yes. Let's do this. Uh, so my idea is go with a very minimalist approach actually well you're going to talk about the alliances again in a sec but uh my idea pretty much and i know a lot of other people have had the idea as well just reduce the cues down to one is versus clan and one is versus is attack defense per side per week basically Uh, once you reduce the cues down to that there's literally only two buckets you just have that. So that solves almost all of our problems. Uh, big player population increase uh, per bucket. Uh, so to go along with that, having weekly or daily incentives would be great that are only applied to community warfare. Uh, something like a lot of free-to-play games do, you know, just uh, daily challenges, things like that. The stuff you guys have already been doing. It's been bringing a lot of people in, especially when there's community warfare only uh, challenges. And people seem to love that. It increases player population significantly. Uh, no, the other thing is, uh, you basically be, at the beginning of the event, the players or units would be aligning with a single faction. So the scenario would already be uh, chosen basically by PGI ahead of time. It might be like Jade Falcon on Steiner and then Kirita on Davian or something like that. And for each front, you choose one side. After that, uh, you're locked in and you fight basically using shimmering swords uh, kind of tug of war is the more the way i look at it the tug of war meter and going back and forth you might fight over instead of just two planets you could have it settled around five planets uh, over the course of a week uh, during that week uh, instead of the tug of war meter determining who wins the planet at the end use the scouting meter the way it is right now how it gives you based on who's winning the more scouting matches gives incentives. So if a, te- if a faction is consistently being defeated, give them more uh, defensive bonuses as the scouting meter goes less in their favor, basically. It's, it's not a scouting meter anymore. It's basically like a you need reinforcements and things meter. And instead of that determining who wins at the end, make it just a, at the end of the week based on the total win-loss. So there's not that furious last couple hours where everyone's just trying to cram games in and it pretty much erases the significance of the remainder of the week. Uh, So to go with the scouting thing, you have five planets. Just imagine Shimmering Swords uh, picture, but with five planets wide and the scouting meter goes back and forth. As you get pushed back more and more, you get defensive bonuses. And if you're playing the invasion game mode, you're on defense more of the time, which should give uh, an advantage to the people that are on defense. Obviously, get turrets and things like that. And also, something very important is to add the, the quick play maps into the faction warfare. Uh, that that would be huge. I know that we're, that's not the topic right now, but that would bring a lot of people in. So incentives, less fronts to make uh, more games, and then you change up those scenarios pretty much every week. 
say you can still have your permanent alliances or allegiances i mean with various factions and maybe you get some kind of incentive if your faction is the the faction of the week basically all right thanks so, you know, let me i'll do some comments and you might get a chance to <clears throat> jump in here and, and give more details but first off thanks for your idea i think it's um you know it's probably along that lines of a little more extreme that i was that I've been spending a lot of time thinking about over the last few weeks. And, you know, I was thinking of something similar recently and kind of like what you said, I was kind of saying, well, geez, you know, let's just, I wonder if the player base would be okay with us just saying, in fact, we're talking about this before the meeting. It's like, great for this. And I was maybe thinking a little more long-term, like a month, but maybe a week is better. And it's just like, you know what? Everybody's either clan wolf or FRR. And we're going to fight over that section of space and like pick and, play for that week or month and then it's like all right we're gonna do you know davian and lao for for a while and that was kind of similar to what you said although you've um said there would be a like a clan is conflict but then you, you're also giving just a an is versus is conflict i guess because you see that as more valuable to people and lower hounds and stuff than like a clan versus clan type situation so you're kind of you're having two two areas where I was even going one step further and saying one. Either way, though, I think the follow-up question is the same. Certainly that could work. You could ask the question, does that work? Absolutely, it reduces the buckets by a ton. So the negative sides of it are um, it does blow up a lot of the features a little bit more, like meaning the contract system. Well, you said you could, all, you could still be kind of aligned to anyone, but I'm not sure if that really is true or... I guess the the main question is, would players, how many players would, would buy into that and say, this is fun, this is interesting, or how many would say, I may as well wait until, you know, the 13th of September when they're scheduled to have Lao in the mix, because I only play Lao, you know, that type of thing. And and if you're not seeing your own faction's border shift, then how involved would people be, or would they give up on the idea and not like it? So I think it, it kind of, it's one of those further afield ideas. Uh, certainly the most effective so far as far as reducing the buckets. You're guaranteed uh, one or two, depending if it's like, as you say, a clan IS and a clan uh, and an IS versus IS, or if it's just flat out one, even one. You know, like, hey, we'll just take two factions and we're going to fight here for a while. Um, so I think my question is, do you think that, uh, first off, did I describe it properly? And, and I think I understand your five planets concept rather than one, just so you see larger chunks of the map you know, kind of swap after that week of conflict um, to describe it properly. And I mean, do you think that players would be um, willing to be involved, say, in just uh, just maybe two factions for a week, you know, one of two factions for a week? And and, and I guess my secondary question is, how do you see that impacting the um, like the, the contract screen and the war planning screen? Do those are they still pertinent at all? All right. Well, yeah, you pretty much you pretty much got the concept. And the people you're trying to reach out to the most are people that have uh, stopped playing community warfare for the most part, or faction play, to bring them back in and in re increase the player population. Which this solution with quick games, incentives for daily or weekly play, they don't have to be huge or anything. You know, the this is basically the stuff you guys have been doing recently. It's been great. Uh, all that can bring back a lot of players. Also, definitely bringing the quick play maps into Community Warfare, because uh, some, 
you'll get around to the invasion maps again uh, eventually, but the quick play maps are a lot of fun. And right now, quick play is, you know, the, the anything goes, you can bring whatever mechs you want in any combination of clan IS, and the faction play is faction play. You're, you're playing as uh, more of a role play kind of deal, playing alongside your faction. Um, the, yeah, definitely bring more people in. And what was the other part of your question? Sorry. Well, I guess um, there was one part of your conversation where you said something on the lines that people can still contract with who you want, but is that really the case, or how do we see the contract oh, right. screen existing in this situation? Well, I know, I'm, and trust me, I'm aware that there's a lot of people that really uh, care about their faction that they're aligned to, and they can still have that little the little tag next to them, whether they want to be FRR or you know Curita or whatever, but... Uh, most of the people that aren't playing right now, I would wager, don't care as much about who they're currently fighting for. They want a fun game mode, and if you can write up a... I'm sure there's plenty of people in the community otherwise that would be willing every week to write up little fluff things. Or There was the, the Merrick Civil War that Antonius and stuff put on. That was great. Little fluff write-ups and stuff. People loved reading that about the after-action reports. All that, I think you could definitely bring more people in, and that that's, I think, should be the focus, is bringing people back and giving us incentives to play in that game mode. And it is fun to be playing over the whole inner sphere and stuff and choosing which planets to attack. That's all fun and stuff. And that could even be part of the, the vote. What what scenario conflict? You could, we could vote on what scenario conflict we want for the next week. You could put that up on your yeah, website. Yeah, that's another idea we'd had floating around here for a while. It's and sort of like the, the contract screen or, or I guess the war plan screen is is more of a vote towards as you, exactly what you said. It's like, you know, maybe it's even like story lore kind of canon battles, whether it's some famous battle between Wolf and FRR or something. And basically the player base says, yeah, that scenario. And then essentially the contract screen would be fresh and new and you'd just basically choose one or the other. And, and there will be casualties in this. You know, I think some of the other things around, you know, maybe they haven't worked out as well as the, Maybe it's not that big a loss, but some of the things like um, oh, loyalists, the, the difference that we kind of established in phase three between loyalists and mercenaries, um, I think there's a lot of good stuff there, but just again, because of the too many cues, they just couldn't be as strong features as they, as they should have been. And so, you know, the notion of, you know, as a loyalist, being able to incentivize mercs and things like that, I don't know for sure. Maybe that stuff works okay still in some of those situations but it probably would be there, there'd be some other casualties in that situation but i thank you for your idea it's definitely a little more on the extreme scale but as i said it's and i agree with you in the sense that um we've got to have a high level of confidence that this next round of changes that we make gets us all the way there and it's possible that the combination of the other ideas between the tug of war and force alliances can get us all the way there it'll be close though it's not a like right now i think you there's probably i don't know three planets are being contested fairly heavily and so reducing the buck the cues the buckets down to even like three to four doesn't necessarily get us all the way there yet there's a chance that it's similar to the way it is now because we're only contesting three to four at any given moment so that's why I just want people to kind of remember that if one of these, if an idea like this sounds a little too extreme for your liking, I understand it, but it's still very possible that it will take an idea that gets us down to one or two buckets 
to truly make the difference we're looking for. So thank you, Jaeger, for your input. Uh, like I said, that was a perspective that wasn't necessarily, you know, um, everybody's perspective on the panel tonight. And I know that that, it, like Russ mentioned, it's an extreme sale from my interactions with people on the forum and <laughs> watching chat. Uh, the whole reducing it to, um, you know, two factions is it's probably a harder sale. Um, but of course, everybody, you know, wants as much as they can get. And that's understandable. I think we have two really great uh, options put forward here tonight with the, the forced alliances and, you know, just consolidating it all down to two cues or whatever. Um, let's see. On Next up to speak is, I believe it was Dane, right? Dane, are you ready to go? I have, just so, so you guys know, it's, I have... It's actually Pando. Oh, Pando. Okay. Pando's next. Dane, uh, then... Then Dane. Wait, then I want Dane. Dane to go first and can he play his horn before he speaks? <laughs> there you go. A, a little role playing. So Dane, go for it. You're up. Then Pando. Then I will let everybody know who's next. I'm Mech the Dane. I am the leader of the Isengrim, a FRR loyalist unit. I also run the FRR hub, which is where most of the FRR come to play Community Warfare. Uh, I noticed there's been a lot of talk in the chat tonight about loyalists on the uh, panel. I just want to mention that Pandobox, myself, and uh, Alward are all loyalists. And KCOM plays a lot of Jade Falcon. I feel comfortable considering them loyalists as well. So you guys are definitely all represented out here. And Starwolf, who's part of KCOM. Anyways, um, I just wanted to throw in here about the question of alliances. As I mentioned, I run the FR hub, which is a pretty big hub. A lot of uh, FR loyalists playing, a lot of CW happening over in uh, my part of the show. Um, and often the deciding factor for where to drop, when to drop, how to drop in CW is where are other people for us to fight. We, we look at that queue and we see where people are. And you know, we would, as a faction, we would love there to be faction reasons to do stuff, but we're fine going where the games are. And I, f I feel pretty confident saying that the majority of the units in the FR hub feel that way. And that an Alliance system where we are being subsumed into a, an alliance who's, I don't know, maybe they're fighting a planet that doesn't actually pertain to an FRR agenda would be fine. I mean, we if we're getting games, if we're queuing up and finding matches, uh, even if we're part of, you know, we're helping Steiner get a planet off of uh, Jade Falcon, it's fine. I mean, which even happens now to some degree because of the way the queues are. But I just wanted to clarify just from, from where we are, that's that's not that big of an issue um, at least with the units I know there might be solo players out there but that's a lot of uh, opinions but the the units are good on it I think like Alward earlier we saw the uh, Davians have already gone over to Steiner a lot of their units have just to try to I uh, guess increase the amount of players in that bucket um, but I feel like that covers what I want to talk about just in pertainment to the alliances and the buckets so, uh, th thanks. And uh, thanks, Russ. I like the game. It's fun. Thanks, Dane. Thanks, Dane. Um, yeah, not much to say on that. Thank you. Um, I, I like what you said. I mean, you know, glad to hear that. I think most people feel that way. They just want to, you know, they want to have fun. We're playing a game, right? So, um, I, you know, I look, I'm sitting here looking at the client. I'm looking at the map. A lot of you guys probably are too. 
I, I mean, I love seeing this. You know, I love sitting here and seeing, you know, Jade Falcon all the way down there, and I can see FRR climbed up there, and it's it's great. I mean, and my goal is I'm going to clarify a little bit after my conversation with Jaeger, and I think Jaeger would even agree with this too. I mean, I mean, this is great. If we, if we can find a way to to keep this so that everyone can be in their factions and make it work, then that's obviously the best. Um, solution. It's just, uh, can we? And I, I'm hopeful that we can if we get, but I, th I think this, this alliance idea is kind of the key, and that's something we're going to really think about after this this thing. If we, uh, if we can really get those alliances, force alliances of some, some type um, that works for everybody and you're happy with it, um, a lot, and maybe you can even be allied with one or even two factions, and that would, that would really reduce the buckets and, um, that could really work. So I'm hopeful on that. And so just a little clarification that everyone maybe thought, oh, no, they're going to go straight down to these scenario situations. Um, even though I said, I'm, you know, I'm unwilling to try like half measures, um, that's still true. But, I mean, if, if the work is not too extreme and if we think it has a legit chance of getting us the rest of the way there, then I'm certainly willing to try, you know, these other combination of things like the tug of war plus alliances and things like that. Um, I don't know if Nima and Derek, if you guys have anything backed up you want to say, otherwise I'll let them continue on. Well, I, I just want to say it's uh, it's good to hear from, you know, uh, players in, in this uh, kind of round table because this is the sort of stuff that, uh, you know, you can only design so much on paper. And, you know, that's always been a bit of a question for us is, oh, are certain uh people loyal to a certain faction are they going to be okay with fighting on a front that isn't theirs and you know that's a lot of guesswork so hearing this from people who are playing the game in and out is is really helpful so just want to say thanks for that um and uh it's providing a lot of really good feedback all right uh we'll move forward as quickly as possible here pando you're up dan if you don't mind uh muting your mic too just in case All right, I'm here. Uh, you know, everybody keeps saying I don't want to repeat anything. I think Dane said I was going to, but the alliances thing, before I even introduce my unit or anything, is probably what I'm going on. Go for it. Um, so I'm part of the First Hussar Remnants. That's uh, firsthussars.com. It's an FR loyalist unit. We're like the Laurel unit, but uh, kind of a spinoff. So it's like what was left over after all of them were killed. Um, it's a casual unit with kind of a comp aspect. We tried to do a, a little bit of best of both worlds. Um, we're very involved with uh, faction play, kind of almost at, on a comp level when we took a vote. Um, but we're really into being like positive with new players. Um, and I just said that in case people don't know who we are. Um, and biggest thing that everybody was talking about was cues. Uh, positive to accept anyone for a group is what we need to remember. The population, everybody is saying that. Um, we need to accept all players somehow. I don't know how to do it, but the cues have to be open so that we can't like really restrict it, even though I really, really like the idea of uh, tiered units. That would probably restrict it, but... <laughs> Um, I'm just trying to go along with the uh, subject matter of the meeting, so uh, 
solo player reward increases were mentioned to me more than once, I'll have to say. When I asked my faction. <laughs> Sounds good. Along with that, uh, faction depth, uh, things for the future, really increasing like the depth of the planets, whatever, um, like probably last. Just like what people talked about. Okay. A uh, little bit non sequitur, a little bit of spirit of invention, probably. <laughs> to record this a little bit, I'm not repeating myself, but uh, not here just to mirror whatever the MS says or otherwise or anything like that. But the alliances feature, I think, is what we focus on and call it that. Um, simplify the, the queue with allies to re reduce the buckets. Mixed factions are more more prevalent in the queue. And you combine the player population. All right, okay. man. That sounds yeah, good. Yeah, so we can uh, we can put you in in favor of an alliance system. He seconds that motion. All right, and I, I should stop there. I, I there's a lot of really freaking good ideas that people were talking about. I'm gonna actually cut what I'm saying short. I, I did some categories. I pasted it in there, um, but like the alliances, queue splitting. Um, as a loyalist, if I could get my tag somehow split as a percentage to retain some sort of an MC reward on the planet or whatever, that would help. Because, like, there's one unit per the stats that has uh, two planets in the FR right now, and that's uh, SO that's not here right now. <laughs> so I, I don't get any, any MC right now. Understood. All right, uh, Pando, thank you for your input. All right, last thing, game types. Yes. yes. Game types. People are mentioning that. We have to treat the maps as, like, some sort of a different content thing. Not new maps, but differently arranged maps and the game types, because I think that was probably the best injection of the game so far. So, yeah, certainly. Uh, you know, like I said, this is, you know, that's I'm another not, topic, and hey, we're um, certainly going to get there. So I can, yes. I could, we can talk about that for a second. I just want to make sure I'm clear on that. Is mm -hmm. uh, What was the best injection into the game so far? Um, the different game types, like uh, scouting mode. Um, you know, CW was new, scouting. Every time you guys introduce a new game type, it, I think it's really good for the population. Right. Okay. No, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, I, I know that's a priority. Um, and just talk in general here for a second. I mean, on the quick play side, we're we have two well there's a whole there's the assault revamp which is honestly it's i'm not going to release it until it's ready so it's i know it's been on the roadmap it's still not doesn't have a designated release date yet because we really really want it to be way better and way different and there's something else we're working on the quick play like another game mode we're experimenting with a few and i desperately want to turn our attention to to faction play, like I, I want to be able to focus on faction play on the maps, whether it's just really buffing up the ones that exist there. It's been too long without getting improvements, and uh, they've fallen behind it, uh, I think, both graphically and with just the quality of the level design. And I want to get on them, and I want to create new ones. And um, I think even just the game modes themselves, invasions and everything, they need, they need a lot of tune-ups. And I think we have a lot of new objects and ways that we can make the game modes more interesting. Again, I just... I need to feel like 
you know, we're consolidating those cues. And as soon as I think that we've achieved that, then I feel like I could release the hounds on, you know, doing uh, more of that stuff on under the faction play. So I know that kind of some people out there would say, well, you know, things are better, funner, more polished, people will come. But that's I think that's that's kind of true. But I think it's just way too easy to if people show up to test new game modes and new maps and say, oh, this is great. But they might get turned off exceptionally fast if the existing bucket problem exists and they just get steamrolled over and over, you know, the wait time is too long, et cetera. So I think we want to fix those core problems and then jump all over those, those you know, polish and just more features and more game modes and, you know, better things like that. All right, cool. Thank you, Pando, for your input. Appreciate that. And next up is Starwolf, if you got something to add to this. Yes, sir. Thank you. Um, I'm Starwolf uh, from KCOM. Uh, just along the lines of uh, one thing that hadn't been uh, mentioned uh, with uh, uh, the alliance system, we already have very big alliances. We have all the Intersphere and all the clans that are together, but currently they can only drop on defense of each other. With uh, Shimmering's, uh, uh, what are we calling it now, the double attack queue, that changes. They c they're now also helping with the attack. And so things like Operation Galahad wouldn't have been necessary. Thank you for doing that for HHOD. It helped the, the, the whole Steiner uh, Falcon front at that time greatly. It was wonderful. Um, but it wouldn't have been necessary. Since they're already allied as IS versus Clan, they could have just started dropping. And with the double attack queue, not, they would have been helping Steiner with their attacks as well as their defenses because it's on the same thing. Um, and then uh, since it was brought up uh, earlier than I was expecting, uh, go ahead and... Um, oh, and then for alliances themselves, all you'd need to implement is IS versus IS or clan versus clan type team-ups um, to where, you know, if uh, Steiner and Davian, you know, lore-wise, lore an obvious one, um, and Davian attacks Liao, you know, Steiner would be able to help them with that. Um, once again, not only the defense, but also the attack. So a, a combination of those two ideas. But, you know, as far as ISV clan, it's already there. So there's your division by two from your, your six or seven, you know, cues down to, you know, three or four-ish, you know, what 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 not there. Um, also as an alternative, um, uh, there, there's a lot of stuff about, you know, there's been the, the solo V12 type Q things. There's, you know, the, the idea of the light to separate the 12-mans out, um, things like that. Uh, or even like a matchmaker, which, which have their own difficulties. What about just a, a handicapping system? You know, the, an idea of, you know, I don't know how much code is back there that would be to rate, you know, CW stuff. There's obviously all the rating stuff for... Um, uh, the quick play cues right now, um, but whatever rating system was there, um, like generically, because I mean, uh, having dropped solo and, and and you know the way the the pugs will react when they see a KCOM, you know, six plus man, uh, things like that. I mean, it, it stinks. Uh, th there's no doubt about about, about that. Um, and uh, uh, but a handicap system, you know. Just like a generic solution, you know, give them plus percent armor and damage. And, of course, the numbers would have to be tweaked over time. Um, or things like on a base, like Invasion. Um, you know, you currently have turrets, you know, streak turrets that, uh, you know, the, the lasers can't miss. Um, 
you know, a possible tweak that would be within the game itself, give the turrets a third laser or a fourth laser, you know, just ideas like that that would be able to balance things to where you could have 12 untagged pugs versus a 12 man of KCOM, and it's not a guaranteed steamroll. You know, they still have to come with some teamwork or something like, you know, get some sort of organization going, but it's not, you know, enough of a handicap where it's not just a steamroll. Right. Let me see if I can talk on some of that. I mean, I guess one thing I wanted to ask you, when you were talking about the alliances, I think you were just confirming what we were saying before, but I want to make sure that you didn't throw in something new there. When you said, there's your alliances right there, were you referring to sticking with kind of the lore-based ones like Steiner Davian and just kind of sticking with it, and there's your alliances right there? Is that what you meant by that point, or how would you implement that alli the alliances? No, sir. Um, uh, there's alliances that, you know, like, you know, the, the, the Steiner-Davian type alliances, but there's already a built-in alliance of Intersphere versus Clan. So, like, the, the Steiner-Falcon uh, front right now, any Intersphere can drop in defense of Steiner planets. Yes. When you, when you add in the, the double attack queue, um, they're, they're, they're the, the distinction between attack and defense ceases to exist. It's now just the tug-of-war going on. Um, and so when Davian would drop in defense, you know, quote-unquote, of a Steiner world, they're naturally also helping the attack because it's the same queue. Yes, okay, I get it, and that's true. Um, but you're still only down to seven-ish cues so the the other notion of alliances okay. is still necessary so you were no? taking that into account because nobody had specifically mentioned no you're right the... I, i'm not sure if people had quite thought of it like that but it's um yeah it's it's an extra good point i think it it, it further solidifies that that um is looking like a good idea uh, but i think i'd still like to really explore this notion of voted on alliances because that really does again um, up the divide in half the number of buckets, you know, yes. even further. All right. So another other point. I mean, yeah. I mean, it would be really nice if we had a lot of, you know, really great, you know, AI systems. I think what you're saying is, um, although we cannot add a matchmaker, I'm gonna throw that again out there for community warfare because any type of matchmaker that's yeah. taking skill into account is gonna. I don't care what you reduce the buckets to. And if you went to one bucket. I'm not sure you'd even get it to go then. Um, but I think what you're saying is is that the match is already made. And then there's some logic that says, okay, what do we got here? Uh-oh, looks like we have a 12-man unit against a pug. And whether that's taking the collective, you know, taking tallies of tags or taking tallies and tags that are the same in conjunction with PSR ratings or something, trying to do some kind of a logic and then spawning different objects based on that logic. Um, probably not impossible. I'll let Nima comment on that. But yeah, there is very little we could do. Like even if we could come up with that, that logic and, and, and somehow calculate that before we spawn the objects. Turrets, you mentioned those, I, I suppose, potentially possible. Um, these are different layers in the levels, I suppose. But beyond that, I'm not sure if there'd be any other ideas. Health of the objects. You could probably crank the health of the old gens and, and stuff like that. A bit of a cheap trick, but yeah, that's potentially possible. And Nemo will correct me if I'm like going in outer space here. But, um, you know, the dropships, loadout's already pretty intense, but 
maybe there's something to do there. I don't know if it'd make enough difference. It could make some difference, but I don't know, Nima, what do you think of that concept? I think technically it's definitely possible. Um, we might even be able to load additional objects as like separate layers. Like if we discover this match is like so heavily handicapped, we load in like this completely different level layer that just has, as you say, different things, maybe even different geometry. Like I, I don't know about that. I have to talk to artists about that. But I think technically we could do that. I think the bigger challenge is not so much actually making it work technically, it's actually balancing it. I think that's going to be really difficult to balance correctly. Um, but we can definitely uh, yeah, try. I'm not oh sure boy. if it would be hard to balance because what I come out at is thinking, I don't know if you could add enough. <laughs> you know, So I'm not sure if it would be hard to balance because no matter what we came up with, extra doors, freaking more turrets and hovering dropships and they might still just roll, but um, you might be right. I'm not, but yeah, that'd be that's that'd be tough. And that, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, and that that was why kind of the the dual suggestion. If it could be done with resources in game, not knowing the technical limitations, you know, you guys would have to decide that. But the alternative would be if it couldn't be done in game, what if in, in um, what if the, the 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 loosely organized side after the stats are figured. The stats determine if they were given a 20%, you know, let's just keep it generic, 20% buff to their armor and weapon damage. That would even it out. And, you know, obviously it'd have to be play tested and everything like that. But it, it's a very, it, it's a simpler solution that doesn't require the in-game resources. Yeah, I wonder if you could, I don't know how you'd do this, but because drop decks are already set, but the first thing that comes to mind is, dynamically changing the tonnage, but you'd have to allow or force, you know, the changing of the drop deck after the match has already been created somehow. But, you know, you could give the, the bad team like, you know, instead of a, maybe the 250 ton drop deck drops down to 220 for the, the good unit. And then the other one gets like 300 tons. But <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's fairly different from the way it works now. Cause you'd have to, You'd have to be able to change that that drop deck post match creation, and and then it's tough. I mean, do the do the four pugs rolling alongside the KCOM guys dig on that? Or are they kind of like, what the hell, you know? So I don't know. Maybe that would be going too far with the drop deck kind of thing. I don't know. You could uh, modify the drop decks in the lobby after the teams are decided, but there's only one minute to prepare, and you need like good feedback to somehow let the users know like oh you suddenly have 20 or 30 more tons you can take quickly change your drop deck before this match but that could be done theoretically before dropping yeah it's a tough one so maybe we focus more on the like you say turrets and extra blast doors and more hit points on old gens and um, i'm not sure if you can go far enough with all that though yeah all right. Hence, hence the idea Good. of just a transparent buff to the one side or the other just in-game. Yeah, I forgot you mentioned that. That's, you know, normally like one of those kind of blasphemous type topics, but, you know, maybe. Like you're just basically saying that medium laser doesn't do five points of damage. It does six because their team sucks kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely an extreme thought. I'm surprised you suggested it. Wow. Um does that mean we can just do that now? No, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's extra, that's um. Thanks for your ideas for sure. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir, for listening to us. Thank you, Star Wolf and uh, Lucid Phoenix. You're in luck because Blue Duck is up next. But I do want to remind everybody, and Russ, this includes you. We're already at eight fifteen p.m. 
Um, I know we do have a cap because of the uh, the devs that are with us tonight needing to leave. So it looks like the majority of this meeting is certainly going to be spent on queues. Um, like I mentioned before, the success of this meeting, which it is, uh, will lead to more meetings. And also, guys, if you're feeling, again, like you're not being represented, um, we're going to do everything that we can to make sure that everybody has a voice in one way or another. It could be uh, polls on the forum or, or whatever in, in different ways that it could take place so that you can have input on these ideas as well. Right now, what we're doing is bringing ideas to the table and discussing them, figuring out if things can work technically or whether, you know, just basically putting that on the table and discussing them and, and letting Russ and the devs respond. So just please keep that in mind. Um, and Blue Duck, you are up, sir. Thank you so much, uh, Blue Duck, Star, War uh, Star Wolf Gaming. Um, you know, there are a lot of really great ideas here tonight, and probably better than anything I could come up with. I think I'm going to kind of more make a point on a point of caution. Um, Russ, you kind of mentioned at various points you need to back away from the drawing board, and there's something here about the consolidation that's bothering me a little bit. Um, our unit is an old school loyalist unit. Uh, between us and Clan Wolf International, we probably had well over a thousand players move through our unit. And this whole time, we've largely been loyal to Wolf. I don't think any of them would have a major issue in necessarily consolidation as long as they could have the flag next to their name. But there is a little bit of history here that might actually, I guess, embitter some of the old loyalist units. I kind of think back to last year when we did the March to Terra, where everyone was going down south. You know, we hired MS, we had five, my unit had six 12-mans rolling, uh, CWI had five to six, Merkstar was fielding around ten. We did this big march down south and completely surrounded Terra. Afterwards, it more or less kind of just reset the map. and. There was no quicker way to devastate the Loyalist populations than that. They felt there was nothing they gained at all. Likewise, now we're talking about consolidating the units themselves. For the units that have been Loyalists this whole time, we've had no mecha bays. We've gotten nothing for being Loyalist at all. I mean, yeah, there's the whole little, you know, 120. Most of us already hit that. What's going to happen when all of a sudden we just are flipped over to that? And we've got no mech bays, no money, no benefit for being loyalists this whole time. I've probably lost well over 200 players out of my unit over the last year just because they feel there was nothing to gain from playing loyalist. I think this is going to really hammer the loyalists, that the few of us that are remaining. Because you need us too if you're going to actually have anything to fight over. And I don't see... If there's no benefit at all given, I, I don't see many in my unit necessarily sticking around after that. I mean, it's really going to devastate morale. So I think we should stop there, and I I, I want to understand what you're talking about because I feel like I'm I'm lost. Like, it, how how is how are you just being converted to something else or consolidated into something else? I mean, isn't isn't the majority like ninety percent of tonight's conversation to me has felt like it's been around. Um, you know, that the tug of war concept in conjunction with having some voted for alliances. But if that is the way we go and we think that's enough consolidation of buckets, then from the standpoint of, of Star Wolf, I would assume that everything is still as it's been. Like you can still be a loyalist 
um, as you have been, and that doesn't change, does it? I mean, how, what what perspective are you seeing that is shows a great change for the loyalist well, based on tonight's conversation? It's not a change. It's what's been lost in the past. By being loyalist, we have not moved throughout the whole space, getting mech bays, getting bonuses. It's a major bonus to actually get all of those mech bays. And at least in our unit, CWI is a little bit different. They're more driven by lore. We were more driven kind of guys from MechWarrior 2 that just loved playing Wolf. That's what they identified with because of that game. That's what our player base was. We've never gone Merc. As such, we've never really gained any mech base. We've never gained any benefits. And all of a sudden, Merc Star and all these other you know great units, they're great guys, great players, but they've been able to bounce around and get all sorts of great stuff. And our players have basically not done that by gaining any of the bonuses by moving around they're just going to essentially be stuck and kind of i don't want to say it's a slap in the face i know you guys aren't intending that by any means but a lot of my guys are going to take it that way hey wait i've been loyal to a wolf this whole time you know we surrounded terra the map got reset i didn't get any mech bays so we could do stuff like that wow this is really discouraging as i say just a point to consider as you well, guys form let me jump in again do. so let me, correct me if i'm wrong but with phase three that's that's when that kind of changed, right? Because the the mercenaries um, get the reputation points. So the I think when you when you're referring to some of those other units like Merkstar and the others going in and getting all those items, primarily that all happened during as you described, right? Like phase two time period. I suppose at this point, being mercenaries and jumping around, uh, their reward tables quite different. I don't have it memorized it right now. Is it? You still feel that's the case, or is that was kind of more of a phase two timeline when, when they could jump around to all the different loyalist factions and, and harvest the loyalty point rewards, where now the loyalty point rewards are reserved for loyalists, and there's the reputation point rewards uh, for the mercenaries. So is that different at this point with phase three? Yeah, I think you guys have made a lot of progress. It's more of a retroactive issue where I guess my proposal would be if you could look back at some of the units and players that bound themselves to loyalists or factions for a very long time and maybe just, you know, just even a little bonus can go a long way. You know, hey, we saw you guys were with Jade Falcon or we saw you guys were with FRR for a long time. Based on your play time, you get a few free mech bays and some, you know, MC and maybe a little bit of uh, C-Bills. That would go well, a long way to help. One thing that. I can say, and I, I, I was going to jump in, but I wanted to cover those other points off first just to get clarity, but there's one thing that we haven't talked about tonight where you're 100% right on. And um, and that is just the glaring omission in faction play that there's there's seemingly no win condition. So that's really what you're talking about. It's like, hey, we won, you know, seemingly. Like there's there was no defined win condition, but we went down there and we got it done and it was a buzzkill. And we completely agree with that notion. Um, I, I, we desperately want whatever this next round of changes becomes, um, we've got to make it so the win condition is defined and achievable and is more of an actual automated process of once that is achieved, then we can, you know, whether it's map resets or whatever, but once it's achieved, there's like, hey, you win type of moment. And we didn't, we haven't had that yet. So that's a glaring omission that, uh, and I understand exactly how you feel because that moment came and went and it was like it never happened. So um, I'll definitely consider what you're saying and retroactive is 
tough, but you made a good point about, hey, you don't have an actual win condition in your game mode. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you, Blue Duck. And I just want to really quickly point out, guys, uh, a lot of people whispering me, poking me in, in various different uh, uh, <laughs> messages and, and so forth. Um, I, you have a, There's a lot of great ideas out there, guys. I can't reiterate every single one. Um, again, like I said, there will be other ways to get your feedback heard, including hopefully an open mic at the end of this. But just be aware that I'm not ignoring you and trying to get everything covered. So we, um, Rusty, hey, everything? Yes. Yeah, I think maybe I'll jump in now. Unless the panel really feels like there's a bucket and queue idea that has not been shared yet. Right. It does feel like we've kind of covered that now. And we've probably collected the best ideas that they have. So I think at this point, we're getting close. Um, Nima and some people have to leave in about 30 minutes at the maximum. So yeah. at this point, I, I we could we can either take some of the other higher priority items on the list and try to touch on them, or we could go, as you call it, I'm not sure what you mean by open mic. Is that a QA session or what's, what's that about? Well, there's just, like I mentioned, okay, so there's a general feeling amongst some people that this panel mostly represents units and unit leaders and, and not the solo players um, or just, you know, people that aren't in big units or whatever. And I just want to make sure that to the best of our ability, which isn't always perfect, that we allow equal representation for people that don't have the same point of view as a panelist. Um, you know, that being said, I did request that it's unique ideas. So I only, you know, the open mic would be if something hasn't been touched on or covered. Okay. Be brought um, to the table. That's fine. I, but uh, I'll just say this out there to all this, to like the solo players listening. I mean, you know, I've tried. I, I really have. I mean, I think the, as you saw, the separation of cues from basically having a solo community warfare and a group community warfare was a very desperate attempt, and it took a lot of development time to make that happen to try it out. So we're definitely thinking of you guys. And I, I will say, I'm going to give credit to all the units that unit leaders that showed up on the the panel here tonight. I mean, I feel like every single idea around the cues and buckets probably improve life more for the solo player than anyone else. And it, it improves life more for you than it does for them. It really does. I mean, they always get good, lots of matches, right? They stomp a lot of pugs um, and they're going to run into units more frequently. So I'm happy about that. And I think honestly, we've improved life with tonight's conversation more so around um, the non-unit player than anyone. So, let, what do you think, though? Are we moving on to uh, a, a different subject? I did see the guys here in the re recording in progress um, want to talk about um, want to talk about Long Tom, and I think even though that wasn't like the next thing on the list, I'm amenable to talking about that right now because I think there are people that view it as something that's kind of hard to live with in the meantime. So. Um, I'm willing to talk about it and we can get the guys to, to, to speak on it. I think um, my point of view is just that people have liked scouting mode. It seems to have been a pretty one of the bigger successes of the Phase 3. And um, I like, the I guess, the rewards that you're getting. And I just feel like those rewards have to be really valuable. So um, I guess I'm looking for someone wants to make a comment, not just like, I hate it. It's like, okay. Um, what should we do? You know, what what would we change? Well, really quick, uh, panel. Hopefully, 
it's all right if we move on from cues. This doesn't mean the discussion, and this is also for all of you out there that are listening in chat right now or listening in the future on YouTube or podcast format. Doesn't mean that the discussion of alliances, cues, consolidating the cues, et cetera, is done. It just means that all the ideas were presented, or some ideas were presented tonight. Um, we can discuss it more in the future. And again, that can take place on the forums, polls, another roundtable, whatever. But unless somebody out there, and I'll watch chat now, specifically you know, on the panel wants to uh, say one more thing about it, then, then please say so. But yeah, we can move on. I do want to point out that a lot of the chat want to make sure that we understand that it's not just about the cues, which we have said, but we can say again. Um, they want faction warfare to mean something. And that's now that's even, you know, a little bit of a divisive uh, topic as well, because what how it means something to somebody is different. Some people it's like, give me MC. Some people it's more lore based and, and you know, um, owning a certain planet gives you a certain factory which gives you a certain discount on certain you know like that kind of stuff they people there's a lot of people that want more quote unquote meaning in it so we understand and we can that absolutely think about those ideas once we get the cue situation fixed. absolutely it's it's not one or the other guys that's what the point i want to make is this is going to be ongoing everything's going to be touched if we want to move on to the long time that's fine i would say that's if anything probably the most unanimous uh <laughs> topic of the bunch, whether it's on the forums or with our panel. So let's go ahead and move on to Long Tom. Uh, and guys, uh, go ahead in the panel. Well, first of all, Russ, do you want to say anything about it before we open it to the panel? Uh, no, I think I, I mean, I really just, I want to make sure that it's still, it's the, it's the top reward in scouting. I, I want to be uh, really meaningful that you push that far. I don't want people to just say, eh, we'll just get the first two rewards because the last one's not really useful. And I also don't want people stop queuing up because they see the other side has long time. So um, I want to, I guess also the panel, whoever answers it, make sure you're commenting on the very latest revision of the damage reduction that's out there um, and focusing on how it feels right now today. And if it's still too powerful, is it, is it just doing too much damage still? Is it dropping too frequently? Um, I, I'd rather fix it. I feel like there's a fix for it, like there's a proper damage and ratio that would still make it cool and meaningful rather than saying, let's throw it out the window and let's just have artillery strikes drop or, or you know, some other solution. Isn't there, isn't there a fix? I guess I'd, I'd like to hear if there's a fix for it. All right. Well, there, I know there's a few panelists that still haven't been heard of uh, or heard from, like Xavier and so forth. Uh, panelists, is there somebody that you want to come forward and you know, do the the first uh, talk on long toms. I mean, of course, we can go further with it, and if there's follow ups, we can do that. Okay, it's yeah. Xavier. Yeah, Xavier, you're the man to talk long toms. Let's hear it. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. I, again, I just real quick want to thank you all for having us here. Uh, I'm Xavier from Merkstar, not a founding member, just one that kind of uh, bubbled up through the ranks of playing with them there. Um, the problem with the long tom so much, yeah, we all complain about the damage, we complain about the headshots. The The problem with the long tom is that once it's claimed on a planet, it basically will nullify a lot of the activity on that planet because people generally will avoid it to not have to deal with it, even even in its current state as of right now. So it's really it's really an activity killer more than it is anything else. And some of the ideas that were pitched, and we and we had a couple of them, um, from our meetings last night was alternatively instead of a long tom 
potentially the final reward could be something like an air superiority unlock or basically which would nullify your opponent's abilities to drop arties and airstrikes. Um, basically, it turns the feature off from a consumable standpoint. Um, also, instead of the actual long tom itself, if you wanted to still keep the long tom, potentially instead of like one large long tom, you could drop a couple random artillery drops, artillery strikes as they stand today in a zone as opposed to the long tom itself. Um, and also, um, one other idea that was also pitched, instead of potentially making it um, auto cycle and auto fire every two minutes, um, one, you, we could lengthen the time that it actually takes for it to actually fire so it doesn't drop as often. Um, or the other option that was also pitched was instead of lengthening the timer, you make it so that the commander of the, def of the group that actually owns that, um, they can't target it on their own, but they can request when the round is fired so that you know, it also is uh, preventative in nature so that once you're actually engaged and in the premises with the enemy team, your commander probably isn't going to drop the long time on his own teammates. And that's basically the summary of all the ideas that we put together, basically centered around the problem that the long time itself is a population or activity killer on a planet. Russ? <laughs> okay, yeah, no, it's a lot to absorb. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not there sure are follow-ups by panelists if you want to hear more follow-up. Yeah, let's keep going with that. Pat, you're up. Yeah, hi. Uh, the main thing I want to point out is all of those uh, tend to be centered around, except for the air superiority, uh, centered around keeping the long tom in and uh, tweaking it here and there to make it more palatable. Um, I may not be the sole opinion here or in agreement with everybody, but Personally, I feel like the, the long tom having a damage from an, a non-player controlled source deal damage to people is a, it, it turns people off and there, there has to be a way to find a mechanic such as uh, denying air superiority. I've seen ideas of uh, a global seismic sensor, not necessarily UAV because that allows for Lermageddon again, but uh, a seismic sensor of some sort as the last one so you can always see where the mechs are uh, or the enemies are. Um, I just feel like I know that your idea is that you want to try and tweak Long Tom to make it palatable. I don't know that that's going to be possible because it always allows people in another game mode to affect the, the invasion mode of CW and forces people to play a, either play a mode that they don't want or they choose to go away. That, that's my two Well, my goal, I mean, I absolutely want, I mean, scouting isn't going to be useful unless, I think, I think what you're saying and that is that it's, it's not only acceptable, but it's preferred, of course, that scouting game mode does affect invasion. I mean, that's, that's what we want to happen. But I think what you're saying is it needs to affect it in more passive ways like the radar scan and the other two rewards are. So even if the final one is quite powerful, meaning quite valuable, it's not directly dealing damage. It's I guess it's really is the the actual dealing of damage um, that is taking it to not just valuable but cheap feeling. Is that what you're saying? 
yes, to a large degree. Honestly, I would be, uh, as, a, as an individual, I would be more happy with a, a universal UAV that would allow the enemy to launch LRMs at me nonstop at 1,000 meters than have to put up with Long Tom. <laughs> and I, I say that never playing in a match where I had to, to uh, where I had the Long Tom directed at me. I've played in matches where the where we had Long Tom, and we were just it was obliterating the enemy. Uh, it, I did not find that fun. Uh, I mean, the first couple of times I, I giggled and laughed and joined in the the hilarity, but after a while it kind of made me sad. <laughs> Do you feel like though the initial release tainted it too much? Like, is it really? I just want to make sure it's still that way today, or is it sort of like just too tainted from the initial assessment? I think w since the, the recent reduction, we haven't had an event to where we could really test it out a lot. I think it's popped up a few times that I've seen on the forums, but I, I haven't witnessed it myself. Just looking at the raw numbers, if you were to keep it in, I think it does need to be drastically reduced. Um, maybe a little bit stronger than an RD or airstrike with maybe a wider area that it hits, but it, it shouldn't be something that rips off limbs or decides a game completely. Maybe gives a slight advantage, but uh, it, the outside enemy or the outside control, the outside damage that you were talking about is, it turns a lot of people off and it doesn't, it, it makes it feel like they have no control over the outcome of the game to a large degree. Yeah, I would like to get a few more opinions. So let's say, let me present it like this. What would be more preferable? Long Tom, really cool effect and everything still, but did the damage of an artillery strike, or let's just say that so it's easy to quantify in our head because we know exactly what an artillery strike does. Does the, uh, the damage of an artillery strike but has the radius of the Long Tom today. So that or let's go with the air superiority idea. Would the air superiority idea really have enough draw? Would you push for that top level? Is that meaningful enough and unique enough? And maybe the answer is yes. And then even if the answer is yes, compare those two ideas. Which one? Which one's better? Which one's preferable? I, if my opinion, I'm. I think the RD, or air superiority wouldn't be enough to push for in the scouting mode. I don't think it's powerful enough. Uh, currently, uh, RD Strike and Air Strike are useful tools, but they're not typically game-winning items. Okay, and I appreciate your honesty. So for me, that kind of kills that idea because I, 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 you know, you gotta, I gotta have the answer be like, yeah, we would push for the top level. So, um, okay. So there's the other the way I defined. Artie, or sorry, Long Tom, um, would that then be a good idea or you'd be looking for something else, something passive but more powerful, like like whether it is, um, you know, I don't know, the UAV, the UAV idea or something. Like is there, would you still be looking for something else to replace it or does the way I describe the, just really that really large radius artillery strike, would that get us there, I guess? I I think at the at the current level that or, or the current reputation that Long Tom has, I think that there's not going to be many people who accept it if it stays. Even if you drastically reduce the damage and kept the radius, 
you you could try it out and see what happens. I think you would get a lot more luck with uh, either a universal UAV or a, a seismic sensor type thing, or even just uh, it, it puts random towers around the map that uh, emit a seismic sensor, so you get within 600 meters of it, and the enemy knows you're you're there, type thing. Um, that would be an indirect powerful tool. You would it would be more difficult to do any kind of flanking maneuvers, things like that. Um, but the current long tom has people pretty sour. I appreciate your comments. Uh, Darren, I wonder if maybe we could get a mm -hmm. few more opinions on that. Yeah, we do. Um, a few people in chat have poked me and just basically brought up a point like, um, you know, currently players have an agreement not to scout to top level to avoid long tom, etc. Um, but we will move on to... Who did I have up next? Sorry, guys. So much... Uh, yeah, okay. You're up. Go for it. Aylward. Alright, so... The thing with the long tom here, from from the majority's perspective out there, I mean, it, it appears to be a game killer. I mean, a lot of, you know, Pat talked about, you know, how it will clear cues, and that's a, a definable phenomenon that we've seen over and over and over again. And now we have the scouting mode adversely affecting the invasion mode based on a mechanic that instead of returning intel like the other parts of the scouting missions do, we have something that delivers damage onto the battlefield in an indiscriminate manner and to a huge extent. So even buffing back the damage, you still have a mechanic where people go, long time's still in there, I'm not coming back. There are many hundreds out there that are just, you know, if not more, that are sitting there saying, if long time's in the game, I won't load it up. So, I mean, I don't want to make that an ultimatum, but I'm just saying there is that out there. Well, I'm looking for a I'm looking for a suggestion here. The solution, from my perspective, you know, is the the intel related return. So either you you have the air superiority thing where you deny, you know, the use of airstrikes. Well, that's 48, 48 plus arties and airstrikes on a given match that could be dropped on the enemy, right? If you add it all up, versus how many you know you might drop as an arty strike, you know, from a long time standpoint every two minutes. That's fifteen strikes. Um, I think it's comparable myself. Um, as so you that think goes. that and you think would push for that? I think it's significant, sure, to be able to take the enemy team's ability not to throw any airstrikes around the corner, which is very common in these matches. Yeah, you I know, mean, so I'm gonna, I'll do a quick summary here. Like, for me, um, I'd like to hear, I mean, it would be, it would be great to hear that, that denying the air superiority thing was valuable enough that people would push for that because that's um i think more feasible like the the, the uav ideas and and the um seismic one i think are a bit much because the uav thing you know you have no idea the grief i get on you know lrm again type stuff and everyone says there's no lrms in uh faction play well there would be if you guys had that um and it probably get pretty gnarly and then seismic sensor well i mean you know there's a module i'd hate to really negate the module and that's pretty powerful so it, yeah it'd be really great if if um i guess that's the only idea i've heard so far that feels like it has a shot to replace long tom i don't know if there's more ideas um i guess i'd like a few more opinions on whether or not that air security thing is is an idea like it it's People would push for it in the scouting queue because unless the answer is yes, we gotta we gotta keep looking. I think it's All a right, much better up. answer than what we have yep. right now, driving people away from the game. 
Thank you. Thanks, Aylward. Uh, Shimmy, go. Yeah, I think there was a couple other notes we talked about. I think, uh, Russ, if you really want to have a strike that comes into the game, most of us agreed that, you know, if we take the current artillery strike we had and you made it quite a large barrage, it's uh, the big problem with Long Tom is the AI picks a person on the map and that person is screwed. It's a non-interactive, non-fun way for them to die. I've died that way. I've seen other people die that way. I've seen 10 people die, no way to stop it. But if like a quarter to two thirds of your team was peppered by an artillery strike, nobody would cry about that. They're not as bad. Um, and it's as simple as saying there's a group of long tom artillery pieces firing all these shells and it's not just one nuke coming in anymore. So uh, I mean, you're of the opinion that potentially my idea of, even if it is, if, if it's um, already damaged, but long tom radius, that that yes. potentially would be okay. And I think, I know you guys made a cool nuclear effect explosion, but I think it would look quite impressive to see a very large artillery barrage that you already have those effects ready to go as well. But what would be the reason to switch it in that case, I guess, if, if it was, if the damage and radius was like artillery damage, but long tom radius, um, there's no real reason to not have a long tom effect. Um, would, would you be preferable to see? I think um, you would you would keep that RNG element of maybe you won't get hit by an individual shell. Even as the current party strike is, you could get lucky, sit in the middle of it, and not take a single point of damage. All right, so basically, yeah, I guess it looks like the damage is spread out more rather than hitting in one spot, but right. I guess is... you could rename it. You could rename it from Long Tom to Super Arty or whatever the hell you the want to call it. Sniper Barrage, Thumper Barrage, there's different Ar Artillery there. Barrage, and then it's no longer called Long Tom, and then no one's scared. And, uh, and also, the guy that is picked by the AI is no longer sentenced to death. Yeah, again, that'd be uh, the same thing as if we went, you know, the long tom yeah. effect landed, but it was already, um, already damaged and already radius. Because, um, yeah, I mean, I guess, but are you thinking, even if it's a bunch of arties, is the radius still the long tom radius or even bigger? Yeah. Like, you could make, I don't think people would complain if it was huge because at the end of the day, the damage is limited per mech. It'd take tweaking. Um, another point we talked about with air superiority, you know, one is cutting off airstrikes. Another is allowing the benefiting team to fire their strikes more often, get less cooldown. Because, you know, a battle starts and everybody's mashing their strike button. If we could fire them more, that would be a tangible advantage. But as players, we're still our total output by the end of the battle is not increased. Unless uh, I had an idea that not everybody else agreed with is maybe allow people to double tap their strikes with a charge in game of another 40k. There's many ways you can amplify this air superiority buff. All right, thank you for your ideas. All right, Soak, yours. Soak, you there? Sorry, there, there you go. Yeah, I'm here. Um, 
you know, I've been on all sides of the strike. I've had people like use it against me the way that it probably shouldn't have to be used. And I've used it against people the way that it probably shouldn't be used. And I, I think one of the big things is just the, the frequency at which the long time comes in because that two minutes, it's really chaotic and it's a really short period of time. You know, you, you have a long time go off and it damages, you know, like half your mechs or whatever, kills three or four of your mechs or whatever. And then you have two minutes to try and get regrouped or whatever. It, it, it just proves for like an impossible win situation in a lot of cases. So I think a big thing is just the, the frequency, you know, it, happening every two minutes is uh it's pretty ridiculous the way that it stands so maybe only once or twice a match might be a little uh, better option than having it blast every two minutes because when it's coming down every two minutes you just you don't have it's really hard to get the team back together to get reorganized and to you know start facing your enemy again it's it's just it it, it causes pretty ridiculous situation so i think frequency is a huge issue thank you okay yeah cool i mean i'd like to i'm leaning i'll just let you guys know which way i'm leaning um right now and i have to you know i'll regroup with everyone here and they'll you know present their thoughts to me but i'm leaning towards i still would like it to be kind of associated with the other rewards of scouting and those rewards as you know the radar scan goes off every two minutes so ideally I'd, I'd like it to be associated with that two minutes i think that makes sense but so i think i'd probably lean towards um you know just uh if i if i have to lose the long time effect that's it's not the end of the world i think it's neat but um whether you want to call it carpet bombing or just a you know artillery barrage or some kind but it goes off every two minutes but it's a just sort of a wide maybe it's just for example let's say it's i don't know six of them going off but like in a fairly big circle maybe they, maybe they just kind of barely or not even touch each other even it's you know it's fairly big so there's just like random but i'd probably lean more towards that direction than um than anything else, I guess, that's been presented. But I know we're basically out of time. Um, we do have one more person he wanted to voice on this. You want to let him go real quick? He hasn't talked tonight at all. You okay with that, Russ? Oh, I'm sorry. What, what was that? Oh, I just said there's one more person that wanted to talk on. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. J-Man, you are up, sir. And this is the first time hey. we're hearing from you. I just wanted to mention, you know, you were worried earlier that some of these ideas didn't go far enough and that it wouldn't motivate people to go to that 90%. You know, one idea you could do is that you could have multiple rewards so that if you feel that the air superiority thing doesn't go far enough, maybe you can combine it with a second reward. And I don't know what you, what you think about that. Um... Yeah, I guess it's as we as we find one of the hardest things in, in game design and, and creating a game is is to try to communicate things to players through the HUD and the UI, and it's always a difficult thing. Um, so right now, if you look at the rewards, there's kind of like the three icons quite clearly. So um, it does get more difficult if, if it's like say air, air superiority and um, 
say, you know, something else, how maybe you represent that in a way that makes sense. Um, I think also, uh, you know, it's, it's long Tom, that's easy, right? You see the icon, it's like, oh, it's a freaking cannon. It's going to hit the ground. So I think I'd, I'd try to look for something that it's as, as easily expressed. So obviously, you know, carpet bomb or like air or, you know, artillery barrage or some of those things is, is kind of equally as easy to express to players that, you know, aren't core like everybody here, but just are trying out the game and stuff. So um, I understand your point. Um, yeah, it's, those are one of those difficult things to uh, sort of balance and know what's enough. It's really difficult to get that right until it's in a live game and, and people are judging it in a live environment. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd still lean towards that. Uh, um, yeah, I know it's still damage being dealt, but I guess it was it was presented in a different way. So it wasn't some giant, giant shell, but looked like what they were used to when it comes to artilleries and had the word artillery in this naming and not long Tom, then maybe it would, um, maybe it would be fine. So I guess I'm leaning that way, but, um, I'm still open to other ideas. I guess the strongest one would be the, uh, the airstrike superior or the, um, air superiority. And I had one or two opinions that maybe that would be enough. So yeah, I guess it'd be nice to see kind of a vote. Um, you guys could hit chat if you want with a vote. Let's say you're voting between those two, like, well, our actually, you know, barrage and then that. Yeah, sorry. As far as gathering that type of feedback, I think it's tonight, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but tonight is, a, I think, a good opportunity to bring these the subject matter up. But I think as far as gathering feedback, we might want to think about polls or whatever to allow, you know, other time zones and other people yeah, to get well, involved. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not, you know, yeah, I mean, this, this kind of a poll here, I know you're right. I should make it clear that it's like, if I got gathered all the opinions of the panel, it's not like, hey, the the majority opinion of the panel here right tonight is like it. It's locked down. You know, it's it's right. just a, it's just a sense of what the majority of the people here think. Yes. But yeah, there'd be further polling, further discussions with the designer group. You know, here and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I just want to reiterate again. This is opening the discussion, and uh, and there will be other ways to provide input. So everybody, and I've been chatting with unit leaders throughout this meeting as well that. Um, you know, want to have a say in the future and so forth. Now, uh, Russ, it is about 10 to 9 right now. Um, yeah. You just kind of need to let me know where to take this from here. Well, I think we're going to have to shut her down. So yep. um, I just want to say to the panel, I think everything went really well tonight. So appreciate that. Obviously, we've never done anything like this before. Um, it wasn't – I wanted to have the panel, but I also wanted to have it in – in an environment like this so that hundreds of other players could listen in so that everyone could see exactly how the meeting went exactly what was covered rather than trying to listen to it later on or read everyone's interpretations on reddit later on as to how it was received and so did it go well enough to have another one yeah absolutely um it's hard to schedule these things as you know it's it, we find it hard to have more than one a month um i know month seems like a month seems like forever but I can't promise one at this point sooner than one month. Um, but I, I'll try not to make it be any longer. But I think we have a lot to soak up here, guys. And remember, I think if you're feeling some regret for like, well, we didn't talk about the reward system or we didn't talk about this or that, remember, I'm, I'm kind of stubborn on this issue where if I'm going to commit development resources back into faction play, 
Um, I'm, I really want to, I wouldn't go changing reward systems and all sorts of other mechanics within faction play until I felt like we had the queue and bucket system solved. Because I think we need to have more players enjoying themselves and involved in faction play before we start focusing on more of the other side aspects. So um, they're very important side aspects, but we've got to do the bucket thing first. So from my point of view, I got exactly what I wanted out of the meeting tonight. I feel very satisfied. We got exactly the kind of feedback we needed. And it's the kind of stuff, this is why you should be happy too, rather than saying, oh, geez, you know, we didn't talk about reward system. Um, it's exactly the type of information that has a good chance of getting us to move forward with some changes. And so the sooner we move forward with some changes on, say, the queue system, then the sooner we move forward on changes for something like a reward system. So um, thanks for everyone for coming tonight. Um, I got to let, you know, Nima and the guys go and, and, and all that. So I don't know. Is there anything else we need to do before we, we shut it down, um, Darren, or what, what do you think? No, I mean, so apologies out there, you know, to the people that want to do the open mic. Uh, like I said, that might happen, might not. Um, obviously, this went for three hours, and there was way more to talk about. Um, I Again, this was incredibly successful, like I thought it was going to be. We are going to have more meetings, and we'll keep you guys informed. I'm going to be working with people on basically a consistent basis to make sure that I'm talking to everybody out there different time zones, different units, and try and get as much equal representation for future meetings as possible. There will be other you know, formats for feedback. That'll be a, a forum thread. I'm, I'm going to talk to Tina tomorrow and potentially open up a forum thread that will basically be this, you know, what we've talked about tonight moving forward. Russ can keep us in the loop as far as what, you know, PGI is thinking as far as what was discussed tonight. Um, it, you know, again, other formats or forms of feedback like potentially uh polls or whatever we'll do everything that we can to work with as many people as possible and to hear as many viewpoints as possible um i tried to respond to as many of you as i could tonight if i didn't i wasn't ignoring you i'm you know i have all my windows open i will read everything um but you know again i think this was extremely uh a positive meeting night and 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 useful and i'm very happy it was a success so thank you russ Derek and Nima, and thank you panelists, everybody that was involved. These guys put in a ton of work. They had a pre-meeting last night that went six hours. Um, and, you know, I'm just really encouraged. As a, the, the community is awesome, as always, and I feel like we are really making headway for faction play in the future. Um, but other than that, Russ, unless you have anything else to say, I think we can shut it down. Yeah, thanks to everyone who showed up on Twitch and listened tonight, and thanks to the panelists for all your great feedback. And um, you know, we'll we'll get we'll just you know try to keep doing it, and we'll try to keep you if if we're able to come to cons some consensus on some you know patches, changes, and things like that. Then um, you know we'll try to make those known as we do in the roadmaps and and, and stuff like that. So thanks again, and um, talk to you later. Thanks, Rob. All right, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you, Thank panelists. You. Real quick, uh, for all those out there, if you want to email me, you can email me at bombadil at nogutsnogalaxy.net or you can PM me on the MWO forums. Um, either way, I will get back to you and we can talk. So again, thank you all. Have a good night. Thank you, Dane. <laughs>